in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so this Wednesday, I was driving to Charlotte in the rain and thinking about what I was going to preach the next sermon series and um, God in the way that he talks to me. I've never heard an audible voice, but the way he talks to me, he says, preach about your trip. I said, man, that'd be so easy. Um, I said, but God, we took seven days to go to Mexico. He said, preach about the time that, the day that you went to um, um, Isla Mujeres or Women Island. And so before all the, all the young guys go, Women Island, I want to go there. Women Island is, um, is this, an island off of uh, Cancun. It's seven kilometers long and two kilometers wide. And um, <clears throat> it belonged to a Mayan province years ago when, when it was discovered in um, 1517 by Francisco Fernandez de Córdoba. Um, they found that it was a sanctuary to the Mayan goddess of the moon, fertility, medicine, happiness. And when they got there, it was <clears throat> populated just with the priestesses of the Mayan temple. So it got the name uh, Isla Mujeres or, or Women Island. So this is what I'm thinking. God, I can't wait to preach this. So in my mind, I'm trying to come up with points so Brother Steve, I'm like, this will be so easy. And so this is the conversation I had inside my head with God, preaching the message to him, going, oh, this is going to be good. And so I just want to let you go. I want you to kind of take a peek into my mind. It was kind of dangerous driving to Charlotte because I got there. I don't remember how I got there, but it was super, super cool. So we take this trip to the marina. So it's 45 minutes through um, Cancun, Mexico traffic, and we get to the marina, and we, we line up, and everybody's in their line, and, and we've already paid. We did all the stuff. We're just waiting to get our snorkel because we're going on this catamaran that's going to take us from Cancun to, um, can you put on the picture, please, Mr. Picture Man? Oh, there it is. There it is. Um, it's a beautiful place, emerald green water. Wow, it looks like it's Photoshopped. It's not. It looks like that in real life. So we're waiting to get over there. We're going to take the catamaran. We're going to go snorkeling because we all know that we're professional snorkelers, and we do that often. And so we're waiting to get our snorkel, and then we get in line, and we're told the name of the boat was going to be just amazing. It's like, oh, Mr. Craig, we're so happy that you're here. You and your family are going to go to the just amazing. And so I'm thinking, why do I care about the name of your boat? I want to be on the boat. I don't want to be reading boat names. So... They send us to this, and at the time I'm thinking, whatever, whatever. Um, and so I'm like, all right, God, I don't know what point that could be, but we're, we weren't the only ones on the boat. There, there's going to be people on the boat that you like, and there's going to be people on the boat that you want to throw off. So I'm like, oh, I know what it is, God, that we can't pick this journey by ourselves. We're going to take this journey called life with people that may not look like us and talk like us and believe like us, but we still got to take the journey. And God was like, no, that's not it. So there was this tour guide. And so I am like sleeping through this whole thing. It's like, damas y caballeros, bienvenido a este barca. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this, uh, the, the, this ship. Uh, el nombre de este barca es simplemente increíble. The name of the ship is just amazing. Um, and I will be your tour guide. You can call me Chimichanga. <laughs> like what? I was like, that's the coolest name ever. And so I'm like, oh, God, I got it. There's going to be people in your life that you will never forget. Oh, because we knew Chimichanga. He was like the short round tour guide that was like a ninja. Because everywhere we were, he was like, 
John, do you need anything? Jimmy Chonga, where'd you come from? Because I go by John because JT is hard to say in Spanish. It comes out as yakey, makey, shaky, bakey, bakey, anything but JT. It does not come out very well, so we just go by John. So I'm like, oh, that's it. So there's going to be people on the way that we'll never forget that will help us. Because, like, John, don't forget that you, you want to get your son something. You can go right over there. I'm like, oh, that's it, God. He's like, no, that's not it. So they said we're going to go out and we're going to snorkel for 45 minutes, which is 40 minutes too long. <laughs> so we get on the boat and they hand out life preservers, life jackets. And I held up one about this big. Do you have anything larger? No, Mr. John. So now I have this halter top of a life jacket on and it has no clips. And so I'm like, oh, I get it. Along the way, when we want to go experience new things, sometimes everything's not going to work out right. And God's like, no, that's not it. I'm like, okay. And so they give us the mask. So like, it's like, real quick, we're here. Everybody stand up. It's like, man, it's like jump school all over again. Everybody stand up. We're going in the water. And little man, he gets up and leaves like he's Jacques Cousteau. He just, poof. So I'm like, chase. Chase him. Get him. And so I have this life jacket on that is, it is fastened like this. I'm like, like the girl holding down the dress is too short. I'm, so I got this in there. And as you're going off, they give you your snorkel and mask. No time to fix it. So I spent the whole time holding down my life jacket or vest with the thing on my head like a unicorn. Because it doesn't fit. So I'm like, oh, okay, so everybody's experience in the deep things of God is going to be different. God said, no, that's not it. Okay, so while we're in there, everybody looks the same. Because when you're looking from here, oh, this is so beautiful. Look at the catamaran. When you're in the water, all you see is head. And they said, there's going to be two guides that are in the water, and they're going to have life preservers, you know, the rings, the, you know, the buoys. And they're going to guide you. I never saw them. All I heard was, just amazing, over here. Oh, swim, swim over there, swim over there. We get over here, just amazing, over here. I was like, where is this coming from? So, oh, I get it, God. Sometimes we won't know the way, but we got to listen to the voice. He said, nope, that's not it. I was like, come on, this one's good preaching. And so I'm arguing with God on my way to Charlotte about how good I can preach and he won't listen to me. So to go snorkeling, you have to jump. There were some people who said, I want to go snorkeling until it was time to go snorkeling. They stayed on the catamaran with their fancy life jacket. That did work. Not like mine. But see, sometimes you got to jump. Now, I don't know if this is true, but when they got to the stairs, Chase said he had to give a little encouragement to his younger brother. I'm not sure, but oh, so sometimes, even when we want to go, we might be scared and somebody else will have to nudge us. God said, nope, that's not it. Now, John, I'm getting upset. I'm like, God, you're, you're passing over a lot of good preaching. I know you're God and all, but this is good preaching. No, no, it's not it. So... When we're in the water, everybody's floating around. It looks like a lot of floating orange Skittles. So we're just floating like little bobbers, following these voices. Just amazing over here. Just amazing. But then I realized that we weren't the only boat in the area. Because the people that we rented from or we went on, they have 24 boats. They're all white. 
They all look the same. I guess you get a discount when you buy all the same. And so the only way that we were get on the right boat is by following the voice and paying attention to the name. Oh, that's good. So there were other people in the water, and they all wanted to experience the same thing. But then it was time to get back on the boat. The only way back on the boat was via a ladder. Now, ladders, I mean, just whatever. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, God, ladder. <laughs> okay. So then I move in my mind to a better preaching point. So we would stop, and they say, when we're done snorkeling, get back on the catamaran, which is key, getting back on. And then we're to go to the north part of the island, the north point, our part, rather, what you see here is the public part of the island, for uh, an hour. And then we're going to go to the, the other side, which is private, where all the Canadians and, and the people from the United States have bought up all the mansions. That's where. I would apologize to God. We ruined everything, man. I'm sorry. If it's pretty, we'll steal it or buy it. So when it's time to go, you would hear Chimmy Chonga say, just amazing, get back on the boat. Just amazing. There was people that were on the boat for snorkeling that weren't on the boat when we went to another thing because they didn't listen to the voice. Then we went to the, to the private side. He said, you'll be here for three hours. After three hours, just amazing, time to go back. There were people that were left on the island because they didn't follow the voice. I said, oh, God, wow. So we can choose to ignore the voice anytime we want to in our walk with God. He said, no, that's not it. Okay. okay. All right. So what else do we got? What else can we get? I mean, God, come on now. When we got on the island, they said, you can explore the island on a golf cart. I said, yes. They said, it only takes 50 minutes to get around, and we'll take you to all these pictures, all these places. It's going to be beautiful. And it's like, it's going to cost $40 a cart. There were people who said, no, that's too expensive. I'm like, do you know how I many thousands of dollars you're cheap behind? I mean, you're, you're, got, you're here. And for $40, oh, so God, they were so used to free that they would refuse to give and pay and sacrifice for something else. He said, no, that's not it. I said, well, God, what is it? He said, I want you to preach about the ladder. I said, God, that's so boring. But the ladder, so it, it, it was, there was so much current. He didn't know. And by the way, you never waterboard yourself with salt water. It hurts. There's so much current. And the only one that was snorkeling was Ian. Ian was laid flat out looking down. And, and, and I would grab him and I would pull him back. And you could hear him. You could hear him through like the, the, the little tube. Get off of me. I was like, son, you can't swim over people. This is not your. I didn't pay for the whole ocean. I paid for the snorkel trip. This is not my ocean. But the current was so bad, they had to rearrange the boats and bring them back. And the only way to get on the boat was the ladder. And there were people that couldn't make it up the ladder. Grown men couldn't make it up the ladder. And so I told my son, I said, whatever, whatever you do, Bubba, grab the ladder and don't let go of the ladder. Daddy's right behind you. I'll make sure you get up. Never let go of the ladder. Chase told me when he, was, when he was up there, he was in front of a guy because I saw him get up, fall, get up, fall, and I decided to use the other ladder. He looked at Chase and said, I can't do it. And Chase said, are you going to stay here? 
Try again. We're in the middle of the ocean, buddy. You can't quit now. I said, okay, so the ladders. So my God, out of all this, I thought the most important thing was you are in the ladder. He's like, no, 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 no. You're in the boat. No, he says, that's not the boat. The boat's your life. Well, God isn't the example, and the thing is the voice. No, the voice is the people along, along the way that I put in your life to help you. Um, I said, well, God, where are you in all this? He says, I'm the ladder. I said, what? He says, everywhere you want to get to, you have to go through me. You want to get on the boat for just amazing, you got to go through me. You want to get off for just snorkeling, you got to go through me. Every point in this journey is through me. I said, oh, okay, you preach much better, God. See, there's no access to anything without him. So let me just give you a few lessons from the ladder. Now, I know ladders are not uncommon. You've seen a bunch of them. You probably use them unsafely. Um, and they're not all inspiring. They're an everyday tool that we use to reach heights that we wouldn't otherwise be, be able to reach. There's nothing mind-blowing about the ladder. That's why when I was preaching to God exactly how I would do it, I overlooked the ladder because the ladder's not flashy. However, because we're so, they're so common and because most of us have used the ladder at some point in our life, it would seem that it would be unnecess unnecessary to talk about ladder lessons. But there's some lessons of the ladder that we need to learn in order to take advantage of its ability to take us higher. Just one verse, three translations. Psalms 63, verse 8, New Living Translation. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. New Revised Standard Version. My soul clings to you. Your right hand takes hold of me. Modern English Version. My soul clings hard to you. Your right hand upholds me. There's something that we must settle before we begin examining this passage. We have to come to a joint conclusion, if you will, um, before I can actually get any further, is that the ladder has the ability to hold us. The ladder is qualified. If we're going to call ladder, you know, God in this story, the ladder, the ladder is qualified. The ladder is able. The ladder is strong enough. The ladder is secure enough. The ladder's ability to do what it's supposed to do, designed to do, advertised to do is unquestioned. David in his wilderness of life pins this psalm and in verse 8 he declares that God is capable of holding us. There's no question. In fact, he declares that God's hand is holding him securely. In the middle of the dry season of life, David says God is holding me securely. He's either on the run from Saul or hiding from his rebellious and treacherous son Absalom. And David says God is holding me right now. David concludes that God's hand is not short and his arm is not weak. God is holding him securely. The ground around him may give way. The support systems he thought was in place may fall apart. The ones he thought were for him may actually be against him, but God is able to hold him. He learned the first lesson of the ladder, and the first lesson is this. The ladder will hold you. Moses learned this lesson when rejected by everyone else. God held him. When talked about by his own family, God backed him up. When his own insecurities were about to hijack his destiny, God sent him help. Noah learned this, that everyone else is without you, that God will flood will you with support. Job learned this, that every, everything around us can be toppled and laid to ruin, and God will still be there sustaining you. Joseph learned this. 
When others plotted his death, God was plotting his promotion. Gideon learned when you were outnumbered and outgunned, God will confuse your enemy and give them to you on a platter. The disciples in the New Testament learned that even when Jesus couldn't be seen, he could be trusted to securely hold them. Paul learned that even when he was suffering with a thorn in his side, a nagging weakness, his ladder of grace is more than sufficient. So David was right. Unquestionably, the ladder, God can hold us. Hasn't he proven faithful to those that are in this room? Hasn't he proven his abilities and capabilities to you guys? Hasn't he in the middle of brokenness held you up? Hasn't he in tragedy sustained you? Hasn't he in sickness healed you? Hasn't God been there through every unexpected turn, unwanted experience, untwisted plan, and gut-wrenching, stomach-clenching moment? Hasn't God held you? He is faithful, and he can hold you. Haven't we discovered that God is faithful to uphold us, secure the strength of his right arm? Not only can he, he will. So if that's the case, then there's another ladder lesson that may just as well be, maybe even more important than what we just learned. And David teaches us that this lesson when he starts his song by saying, I cling to you, your strong hand holds me securely. So lesson number two from the ladder is, I must cling to be clung. Notice that David doesn't question God's ability to hold us. However, he does inform us that we have a part to play. We loudly and proudly ascribe the ability to hold uh, on to us, or God's ability to hold on to us. But I wonder if we don't stop and actually think for a moment that we have a role to play. We have a responsibility to hold on to him. See, the ladder is easy to hold on to. Okay, bro, bro, when we were getting on the boat, everybody negotiated the ladder. It's ladder and steps. As soon as we got in the ocean, all of a sudden what was easy to hold on to was easy to navigate. Now people act like they've never been on it. Could it be our inexperience? Could it be that we have a passing relationship with the ladder? Could it be that we only deal with the ladder on Sunday afternoons? Could it be that we don't have enough experience on the ladder? Could it be that we're not as good as we think we are? Or could it be that we just have never learned to cling to him? That's what I told Ian. I didn't say, son, pull yourself up. I didn't say, go find your mama. I said, son, hold on to the ladder. And whatever you do, don't let go. I'm right behind you. Now, there were some grown men. I'm not making fun of them. But they had to have some precarious help from other grown men touching parts that you shouldn't be touching to get them up the ladder. So we'll get you up the ladder. Sometimes you got to help people in the church. Sometimes you got to help them with their walk with God. Sometimes you got to push them when they don't want to be pushed. But there's no other way to do it. You can't stay here. This is a stop in life. This isn't your destiny. We, we went snorkeling. We're not going to live in the ocean. You have to go through God to get to the next step. The ladder can hold me, but it does not hold me if I don't cling to it. There was nothing wrong with the ladder. The guy just couldn't negotiate the waves and the ladder and being wet. It wasn't he wasn't strong. He was a big boy, but he had no experience with the ladder. I can't blame the ladder for my fall. The ladder has the capacity and the capabilities to hold me. I can't blame the ladder for my demise, my pain, or my agony if I'm not clinging to it. I wonder if we really cling to him as if our life depended on it. I asked the Spanish service this this morning is think about it. If it was, if God held on to you as tight as you hold on to him, where would you be? 
I'm glad God does. I'm glad God's, I'm not God. I'm glad God is merciful. But don't be amen in me. <laughs> I said, I'm glad I'm not God. Amen, said the sister. Amen. <laughs> yes, Lord, Pastor, we don't want you to be God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Lord, forgive me. Jesus, I'm sorry. But people amen, though. Weirdest times, don't they? Now I know I'm crazy. Amen. No, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me finish. <laughs> But I wonder, I wonder if we cling on to God like he clings on to us. I mentioned Job. Job had everything ripped away, houses, flocks, comfort, family, security, health. And at the end, he comes to this conclusion, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now, you do know that the devil really wasn't after Job's house or his family or his health, right? You have to understand, he was after Job's commitment. He wanted to get Job to turn his back on God. See, I, I, I know what we say when God is, or the devil's after my marriage. No, he's not. He's after your commitment. Well, the devil's in my finances. He don't care about your money. He's after your commitment. If he can destroy your house, good, but he'd rather destroy your what with God. So I need to tell you that your, your commitment is reflected in your cling. Your commitment is reflected on the way you hold on to God. Too many of us are living any way we want to, and putting our trust in everything but God and expecting him to run to our rescue, to uphold us, to secure us, to comfort us, to protect us, to provide for us when we need him. But what are you holding on to? Let me say it this way. Whatever you're holding on to better have the ability to hold on to you. My question to you this afternoon is, are you clinging to the God or to God? Or are you clinging to other things that do not have the ability or the capability to hold you when things begin to shake? Are you clinging to possessions, people, places, pensions? What are you clinging to? What you cling to better be able to cling to you, to hold you and sustain you. See, I'm held because I hold. There's a holding that we must do. All the holding is not done by God alone. Holding is a two-way street. Have you ever tried to hug someone didn't hug you back? Isn't that awesome? Holding is a two-way street. Some of us want to be held, but we never hold. Some of us fall not because the ladder wasn't strong enough to hold us, but simply because we weren't holding on to the ladder strong enough. And we blame God. God, how could this happen? You weren't clinging. God, how could this happen? You weren't holding on. I'm holding on to you, but you're not holding on to me. It's a two-way street. You have to cling to God. You got to cling so you can be clung to. So I'm challenging to check your hold on that. What are you holding on to? Cling. So you can be clung to. Could the strength of our hold determine the strength of his hold? That's why we can declare today, as, as for me and my house, we'll trust the Lord. We will hold on to him like our lives depend on it. That's why we can declare that others put their trust in chariots and men, but I will put my trust in the Lord. That's why I made up my mind that I would trust in the Lord rather than leaning on my own understanding. I'm clinging to him because I want to be clung by him. I'm holding on to him because I want to be held by him. So you have to do your part so he'll do his. He's, he's capable of holding us, but are, are we holding on to the one who is willing to hold on to us? I was ready to preach a 25-part series God didn't like any of it. 
There were people that never made it back from the island. What happened to them, Pastor? I don't know. Just amazing. <laughs> the journey should be just amazing. Now, will you forgive me if I say there are some people that didn't make it back that I'm glad? They got on my last nerve before we got there. I hope you buy a house. <laughs> hey, there's going to be some people in your life that are going to make the trip with you. Make sure you're not clinging on to them. <laughs> you know, it was funny. The people that asked the most, because everything was included, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this. And they treated us nice, chimichanga. My kids will remember chimichanga until they die. Him and his crew did an awesome job. They passed around this thing for tips, and the people who asked for the most gave the least. That's another message for another day. Praise God. <laughs> See, you can go to all-inclusive resort if you want to, but God doesn't run all-inclusive resorts. It'll cost you some things. It'll cost you things. We got to see, we got to go around on that golf cart, and they get, it, there's, we got five different colors of ocean, and we will take pictures. You'll see all, different, all five colors. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And the people are like, um, how much is it for you? I can't, $40. You paid 100 bucks to not even go snorkeling. You paid $100 to hold a mask. You won't pay $40 to go around. It's because they're so used to all-inclusive. They refuse to give anything else. We got some of the best pictures by people I didn't even know were taking pictures. They're coming around and say, Mr. Craig, we'll give you all these pictures um, by 7 o'clock tonight for $60. I'm like, dude, yeah. What do you mean? What, what, is, what are you talking about, Pastor? It's, it's, there's people that are watching your life. You have no idea in watching. But here's the thing. Is that I wasn't worried about the cameraman. I didn't live my life with a cameraman. We got some great pictures because we didn't know where the cameraman was. <laughs> um, we got pictures of Ian or Ethan trying to kill himself by inhaling seawater. Um, we got great pictures. We got great pictures. What I'm saying is, is that too many people cling on to wrong stuff. What are you clinging on to? So there's two more lessons from the ladder. And we'll go right into Easter, I think. I think it's. So I'm sorry I can't preach to you 14 different messages um, from snorkeling. But my thing is, if you want this journey to be just amazing, you're going to have to learn to negotiate the ladder. Say it a different way is, if you want your walk with God to be just amazing, you're going to have to learn to have a relationship with him. And not just when it's pristine. It's when the waves are rough. It's when you're tired. It's when all you want to do is go home and wash all the sand out of everything. When it's tough, God will still be there, and you need to learn to have a relationship with him in the good and the bad. So as you stand with me, You know, when we went around the, the resort, they would, we had, we'd go in to eat. And um, Rick said I had a miracle trip because I ate until comatose every meal, and I lost 10 pounds. 
that's, that's, Rick said, that's God, brother. And so when I walked up to the, to the thing, and they were like, oh, Mr. Craig, <laughs> told you you're going to know me. Mr. Craig, how many in your party? Six, what's your room number? 8115. Do you have any allergies? Yes, small portions. Don't be feeding me these POW rations. And so, sometimes you just got to tell them. When I made my way back, they're like, oh, hello, Mr. Big John. Small portions, no small portions for you. <laughs> See, some people will settle for small portions because they're afraid to tell the truth. I don't want to settle for small when it comes to God. Small experiences and, and small walk with God. I, I don't want that. God, I want as much. And, and people are like, I didn't know I can have that. If it, it, it's all included, I don't, want, I don't want a steak. I want three steaks. Three steaks? Look at me. I need three steaks. Okay. Did you give you three steaks? Yeah, why? Because I asked. God said, all this is yours. I just want you to have enough confidence in the ladder to ask. Just ask. What are your allergies? I have allergies. Dead services. Terrible messages. Small portions. Yes. Those are my allergies. I can't stand. No. A worship service where nobody dances. A worship service where nobody raised their hand. A worship service where nobody feels touched. Those are my allergies. God, I want to feel you. I want to feel you. He said, Fine. Then start clinging to me. Lessons from the ladder. Guys, I want your journey with God to be just amazing. How, Pastor? Your journey, your, your boat's going to go in a different direction, but you still have to go through the ladder. Your walk with God will be different, but your God is the same, and we have to cling to him. What do you say, church? Can we start today? by clinging on to the God who clings to us. As Brother Todd sings, would you find a place to pray?